0: Welcome back to the Alex Macheras show. Hey, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. I'm here from the start this time. If you were
0: listening correctly, Dan, I think you joined a bit too late. I had clearly welcomed everyone back to On Air. I was just in the process of saying, (laughs) I'm Alex. Okay, so just like
1: on WhatsApp, you're editing what you said after you said it. I saw your message oh, yesterday, go. and then you edited it to something else. This <laughs> is not, this is fake news. No, I don't think you want me putting on my story like a screenshot where it says <laughs> I don't think
0: you, were, I don't think you want me to put on my story the, the screenshots that I, you know, in fact, this is kind of a, a common thing, guys, when there are certain a string of certain messages from damn well we could be podcast planning, we could be talking about topics. He'll throw in some kind of controversial opinion. <laughs> I will delete all the other messages around it, screenshot <laughs> yes. it so that it's nice and cleanly out of context. And then he he knows it's going in a folder for the day in
1: which we cancel him. Yeah. So yeah. No, God forbid. No, no. You know it's mutually assured destruction. That's what they call it. <laughs> anyway so, there is ha, so yeah. much we're back to I've been sick by the way about. I'm sure you guys can hear it I'm still recovering pretty sounding pretty nasal but the show must go on Yeah, it's, you're powering through going to power through
0: all of the subjects, topics debates that we want to get through but also the storytelling because there is a whole bunch of things that have happened <laughs> I mean, we have even saved, there. There is so much, Dan. For example, that I don't know because now we have this new. Instead of yeah, I'll I'll. It's just I'll tell you on the podcast. I'll tell you for the first time on the podcast. I'll hear yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There's, there's so much there's we don't have to I tell know. each
1: other. Yeah, um, but there is yeah. some parts you know because I have had the chance to tell you in person about some of this stuff. Yeah, many people might not realize that. Yeah, we may be friends, but we literally never see each other in person. The last time we saw each other was before the pandemic, which puts things into perspective.
0: Actually when was that? Oh that was in that was in Qatar. That was yeah, that time December
1: 2019 when we we had just come right. from the Maldives. I was trying to convince you guys to go to the Maldives and you said never. If we have to take a seaplane we're never going to the Maldives. No no no. no.
0: I said I don't mind when you spoke with my family <laughs> sure. and scared them about the idea of the seaplane. They said to you never and you 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 know all these convincing things now. Obviously I know I'm familiar with the seaplane transfer in Maldives and the Trans and that expensive little necessary airline yeah. okay and you're you know you rock up and you start telling my family oh yeah the pilots don't wear shoes <laughs> they go barefoot and you know and, and when there's a storm it's fine it's business as usual and they're, they're sitting there like holding on to your every word and I'm thinking great so they're never going <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is such a twist like twisting of the truth because I know that like, I feel like you would love to go to the Maldives because you guys love the beach, but at the same time, the thought of being on a remote island, you know, tsunami risk, even if you had to take a boat, I feel like you always err on the side of caution while I get detained at gunpoint in Kenya, which we're saving for next week because <laughs> there's just... I not quite of story. believe we are
0: so- saving that for next week and you just you're just peppering it in as a trailer exactly uh, even i am Tune waiting for that episode yeah. can you let me know when that drops please because <laughs> i need to know what's happened yeah so you did we did end up seeing each
1: other it was how
0: did how did all of this happen
1: like ali we've obviously been talking for since we started the podcast like oh dan like stop by doha and i'm always like in the back of my mind i'm thinking I'm gonna book a flight to Doha, and then I'll land, and you'll be like, "Sorry, I'm on a plane to LA." <laughs> like, it's always gonna be something be unexpected the first time. pops up, <laughs> right?
0: That's true, but at the same time, you know, if had you have not, I mean, you're like me, right? When we when we try and when people ask us, you know, what are you doing in four and a half weeks, that is a much more difficult question then if someone was to ask what you're doing in in a few days I I tend to the, the success rate of being able to see people on short notice compared with you know plenty of notice is much higher for, for short notice yeah and the good part about I mean this region particularly is that there's always people passing through in the last week I've had guests from the US guests from Canada again they, they were all transiting but uh, they managed to uh, way to make
1: me not bit. feel special.
0: Yeah, you you were just you were just guessing. What a very, d- right? yeah. <laughs> I had Jimmy from He's Jimmy Fallon. He works in aviation. No, not Jimmy Fallon. He's even Jimmy better. Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> and better than Kimmel. <laughs> so anyway, you were. <laughs> how, how did you end up? How did you explain to the viewers, to the listeners, how
1: all of this happened? Okay, so. I was actually thinking maybe on the way home from Kenya, I'm going to fly via Qatar to meet Alex. But it was all a bit, as I said, I wasn't like I didn't entirely trust that Alex would be there. So I was thinking, we'll see. I don't know when, you know, we'll end up meeting up. But then I was in Kuwait about to fly to London. I sleep like normal. And then I wake up at 6am to an email from British Airways that they have canceled my flight to London. I'm going to make a whole video about every time British Airways has screwed me over this year. Every time it's happened, I've texted Alex, like, again, this is why I just have, like, I really feel like it's a curse. But then, basically, I needed to get to Norway because I had this super complicated ticket taking me ultimately to Kenya, but via London, via Kuwait, via Norway, via Frankfurt, just to get to Nairobi. So I wanted to get my ticket, pick up where I could, which was in Oslo, I checked what flights there were available. And the only option that was even remotely comfortable or reasonable was Qatar Airways business. So I thought, okay, this could be my time to meet Alex. I didn't even know if you were in Doha, but I texted you and I thought, okay, 6am, you're not going to be awake, but I texted. And a few hours later, and I was actually waiting to... A few hours... I swear it was like hours 8 a.m. when you responded. No, excuse
0: me. I was already doing radio. When you had text, I responded to you when I came off air. As I told you, mm, just okay. imagining me sleeping in. and, and I, I was already on radio. My phone is set on to do not disturb. Okay. And you can imagine, right? I know that we're not going to be... Recording the podcast on that day, there there are no commitments. I've spoken to Dan maybe three or four days earlier only. And I think like two I wake days up
1: before. Yeah, like one or two days
0: before. It always feels longer for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he miss me. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, it's because, you know, in a <laughs> negative way. Um, so, I am, in fact, I'm just looking. Yeah, I'm looking at the text. See, so you put. So, so. imagine, guys, I, 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 I wake up early, I start my radio, and I can see messages coming through from Dan, but I haven't clicked. And then I, I open up my phone after, and he says, Plot twist, we're coming to Doha today. BA cancelled our flight, and we're rerouting with an overnight. So, yeah. I put, hey, Wait, what? He put, I'm in Kuwait. I'm supposed to fly Dubai, Kuwait, Heathrow, Oslo, Frankfurt, Nairobi. I was like, huh? <laughs> and he said, but of course BA have cancelled the Kuwait Heathrow overnight. So now we're screwed. So in my head, all I can hear <laughs> is that once again, British Airways have delivered the mandate of the people yes. to ensure Dan has additional <laughs> content for YouTube. Thank and, you, British. Uh, <laughs> basically, Yeah. So he said. And so all that was available was a Doha to Oslo, which is tomorrow. I said a morning flight. He said, yes. So <laughs> I still don't quite know what he means about yeah. coming to Qatar. And then he finally says, I've just booked a Kuwait Doha flight. Yeah. Which is. For the lunchtime of that day. He put, so in case you have any time this afternoon, we'd love to hang out for a dinner on ice cream. So I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I knew I'd be ambushed eventually, right? The guy just rocking up to Doha. And I know what you were doing behind be... the scenes.
1: You put on celebrate good times. Come <laughs> on, you're dancing around. Dan is coming. <laughs> right. So
0: I thought, here we go. Right, being ambushed, ambushed by the co-host. I mean, what does he want? Right. So you know, no notice. No, not <laughs> even. That's how it needs the polite to notice of the night before. Right. I mean, just let me know the night before. <laughs> so I put like, okay, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, put, I, put, I put, oh my God, yes, what time do you arrive? Where are you staying? So he says,
1: we arrive at 1315, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, literally nothing so... was decided. Like it was, yeah, all just last second. I figured let's book the earliest flight, highest odds of Alex not having any other engagement, at least at some time. Then I land in Doha, great flight on the E350-1000, completely empty mm-hmm. really nice land in doha get like a super convenient gate and then you're like take the metro and i'm like okay well. yeah take the metro <laughs> be sustainable because because Qatar has he's a state of the
0: state of the art metro it is beautiful and he's like going to like find a cab i said to him when he told <laughs> me where he was staying i said right to take a metro it literally goes direct to your hotel yeah
1: and he was like Oh, I'm not sure.
0: This was very <laughs>
1: much expectations versus reality. So Alex is going, it's state of the art. It's amazing. You'll love it. So Excuse also me, that... I sent you
0: a, I sent you a photo of it only when yeah. I sent you the cabin of the of the metro. I think you you said to me like, okay, that does look
1: Yeah, amazing. and then you went 30 real, which is like what, eight, nine dollars. And I was like, huh? Yeah, but that's for a day pass. <laughs> yeah. For a day pass. It's <laughs> But how very much cheap. am I gonna be going around? Anyway, so i was like i don't know i didn't sure. know. i thought you'd take him <laughs> so then i told oscar alex wants us to take the metro he's like amazing idea let's take the metro so i'm like oh, okay intelligent guy i think you and oscar should be texting on whatsapp instead well, of us well you message me imagine
0: this so he so so he ambushes me yeah literally within five minutes of him texting that he's even coming to qatar he texts me landed and i'm thinking my god <laughs> And then and then I I'm like, oh, you know, being polite, being the helpful one that's here. You you can get the metro directly. He he messages, Can't you send us your driver? Like, what a <laughs> yeah. man of the people. I put in who has a driver. Busy. No, he wasn't. He's busy
1: <laughs> doing anything else. <laughs> okay. So so with an X so at the end. We, he's busy doing anything else. X. So then I say yeah, probably giving a you friend. a foot <laughs> or <something. laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was absolutely inappropriate,
0: okay. <laughs> completely inappropriate. So you anyway, say yeah. that you're going
1: to. I say I'm going to take sorted. a taxi. Yeah, and then because we had like yeah. loads of checked bags, then Oscar, blah blah blah, convinces me to take the metro. So I think fine. At least Alex will guide us through it. So, first of all, it's a 10-minute walk from the terminal to the metro. By then, we would have been halfway to our hotel in a taxi. We get to the metro. Oh, my God. And And how long do you think it takes to reach the Heathrow Express
0: from the main arrivals level? Yeah, it's horrible, but I'm just
1: comparing to a taxi, which... For context, is very very cheap in Qatar. That's what I should mention. Yeah, like, they are very cheap. Yeah, true. It's, it would you know yeah. we would have saved money by taking a taxi. So anyway, we get there. Carbon footprint. <laughs> the the staff was completely unhelpful, like, couldn't explain how to, we're like, we want just a one-way ticket. There's no such thing as a one-way ticket. And we're I'm just like, oh. So you had to explain. And they were, by the way, by the way, no,
0: I'm (laughs) going to interrupt you. They were correct. You were confusing them. Because when I said to you. What city doesn't have a one-way ticket system? That's bizarre. No, they, no. The cabin you were asking for, which was what they call Gold Club, which again is still very, very cheap, right? But it, but it's beautiful. I said to you, you can only buy a day pass. I couldn't have been clear about this. Then you're messaging me. This guy says there's no one way. He doesn't know anything. I'm like, he's right. I told you clearly, and that, so then I'm literally saying to him, go to the machine, right? You'll see these options. Yes. He's like, yes. I'm like, click that. Okay. Click. Th- oh, he goes. Okay. We've yep. done it now. So now, we, This poor so- guy must have just been too. <laughs> Americans, not two Americans, but at least one American, come over uh, and say, "Like, sir, you know that in in New York we don't blah blah blah."
1: <laughs> so anyway, sixteen dollars later, we go down. It's a ten minute wait, so already we would have been at our hotel. We get in, and granted, That's just because you missed one, <laughs> we get onto the metro. Granted, that was amazing. It's beautiful. If you get the front seats, like you can look straight ahead in the tunnel. That was super cool. I think the ride took like 20 minutes or something. And it, I think, explain, you get the front seat because there is no driver. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That Which is kind there of is like... There is no
0: driver on the Metros.
1: I yeah. guess it's safer, but in a way it's like, okay, like, this is just driving itself. We get to, I think we were getting off a DECC. So then you're like, the only thing that might not be great, you say, is leaving DECC station and crossing into city center mall. You yeah. cross into the car park of the mall and then you're in. So we yeah. have so many bags so then we're walking out the station there was no crosswalk so we're just like jaywalking there is definitely no one was a us. crosswalk see what i mean there is a cross- I the I do this
0: journey <laughs> listen there is a crosswalk you come out of dcc station you turn right and on the left immediately there there is a zebra crossing
1: <laughs> so then we're walking through the garage and you know how hot garages get in the summer in the gulf so we're walking through yeah. there. We get into the mall, which like definitely not the nicest mall in Doha. I've never been there before, but we're walking. It's the along. oldest one. Yeah, it's the oldest mall here. It's yeah, I, I, it's not you, the state of the art modern ones. But we're yeah. walking along. I'm passing. I mean, we passed some great stores. We passed Home Center. If if you guys have ever been to the Middle East and you haven't been to Home Center, stop by. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing, to be honest. Just even my mom, when she was in Dubai, she filled like half a suitcase with home center stuff to bring to Sweden because they have so much like nice, good stuff anyway. So we passed by there, not sponsored by home center. And then we finally, oh yeah, and there was no sidewalk to get to our hotel because we were we were not staying at the Marriott. So there was no like direct <laughs> connection. <laughs> so we had to, we were walking on the road with the cars. For a few meters. <laughs> See, when I remembered,
0: bikes. when I remembered you had luggage, <laughs> I then thought, dear God, what have I done? Because, <laughs> because doing this without luggage, completely easy. When he told me they didn't just have one bag or two. Four. <laughs> a large amount of luggage. I then thought, oh God, maybe I should have just let them get into a car and go door to door rather than taking public transport. But you did say that the train was very, very cool. Yeah. You even messaged me after saying, okay, this is cool. I texted you
1: before the walk to our hotel. So all in all. the last (laughs) 10 seconds. I really. All in all. Nothing. that... That took us an hour. It cost us more than a taxi would have cost. (laughs) That would have taken 20 minutes and no effort. So all in all, I don't know how happy I was with that advice. But (laughs) And the funny thing was, you said, okay, let's meet up at four or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh, we're gonna have so much time. We get to our hotel and it's like, oh, we have to be there in an hour. Like, hurry up. You didn't have to be
0: anywhere. You came here, you (laughs) ambushed me. It's as if I somehow decided, damn, please come to Qatar. That that (laughs) sentence never left my mouth. Anyway, speaking seriously.
1: Yeah, it was when we met up, it was lovely. We went to Evergreen on the Pearl, a vegan restaurant. That was so funny because you had your one Qatari friend there who I've seen, like, he's on your social media more than you are. I was like, oh, my God, hello. And then people just keep <laughs> dropping in, like, one after the other. It ended up feeling like a meetup, which was, it was amazing.
0: <laughs> it was, firstly, speaking seriously, as I said, it was very, very nice to to finally see you and and Oscar after so long, yeah. because I didn't realize how long it had been. It, had, it was December 2019. I, I forget how crazy tall you are compared to everyone so you know (laughs) i i i i feel like a little bit tall generally in life my my god i feel ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) when compared to you right (laughs) because it's just it's crazy okay but it was super nice so we met on the pearl we went to evergreen as you said which is a very very kind of like barley vibe LA restaurant slash Bali, cafe. so it was very natural very, for you, yeah. Very LA slash Bali. I know also that you being vegan, perfect for you to uh, to eat in case you are hungry, and we have this nice chilled spot, and you're right, it starts off with us and you, and Wahab, so yep. uh, as you said, one of my, my closest friends, he's he's a professional table tennis player on the national team, and then Ghanim, the owner of the restaurant, is also a friend, Passes by and joins us, and then and then Ayub, who is <laughs> yeah. my good friend from Kuwait, and he he's got the Instagram Kuwaiti flyer. He I was supposed to be seeing Ayub that day anyway. You see, Ayub, unlike you, Mister Dan, Ayub gave me <laughs> notice. Right, he messaged clearly two weeks prior. Then he checked again. I was risky three days him. Prior, so I think you'd be then, there
1: two days, two weeks prior.
0: Well, he was coming either way. But he, he wanted to see if I if I was around. And I, I said to him, I think so, yeah. I couldn't say anything in my schedule that would mean I, I was out of town. So I was there. And then on that day, the only thing I was going to be doing that day, because it was a weekend when you arrived, was that I was going to meet up with, with Ayub, with Kuwaiti Flyer. And so when we're talking in the morning, now I know, and I am now in the knowledge that you are en route, he says to me, shall we meet at two? And I say to him, we can meet at two but if you want to meet at 5 dan my co-host will be with me and within seconds he replied <laughs> we'll meet at 5 we shall meet at 5 <laughs> he said Shout because to he's you. a big fan <laughs> He's a big fan of your videos. He is as you, as a, in, you and in your YouTuber capacity. He's a loyal fan and follower of the podcast as well, which is great. Yeah. So you come. So you're right. Every five minutes, there was a new arrival, and like my mum and <laughs> sister were like, with goodness, us as well. my goodness!
1: Who else is going to show up? <laughs> yeah,
0: it was chatty it was loud we were debating and arguing things within (laughs) minutes it was chaotic it was fun
1: oh my gosh uh, we were debating everything and it it was so satisfying to me because i realized all your friends are on my side against you so i was like this (laughs) is great (laughs) so where i where
0: i maybe get away with roasting damn just in my nature that's like that's that's how it is asking my friend Ask my friend, Emmy, who I went to school with. She's also a loyal listener and she she's so worried, Dan, for your mental health. She's worried. And I said, (laughs) why? She said, I'm worried. She said, I'm worried about the impact of your roasting on Dan. (laughs) So Dan then gets this beautiful surprise in that where he doesn't roast me back on the podcast and, you know, I invite him to, he just doesn't, okay? Um, <laughs> it's not my personality to, see... to be rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was very surprised to see my friends firmly roast me.
1: And yeah. and I think he just and grabbed very, popcorn and I think it was very cathartic enjoyed. for me and Ayub to be like, why is it that every time we fly Qatar, we end up in a, a 222 777? <laughs> And then we text you like... It happened again, and you're like, mm, "Yeah, that's a shame." And then it's like you're flying some obscure route that's normally an A320, and you're like, "A350, one thousand Q, sweet, I'm back." So we were okay. just like, "You're exaggerating." Is... <laughs> so Ayub you're, and I were just you like, "You're exaggerating." Have so much pent up aggression. You think, you think
0: somewhere like you think somewhere like Athens doesn't doesn't get an A350? I remember last time you just it does get an A350 when, you when saw... you're on it. Yes. <laughs> it's it an a350 when i am not on it also check flight radar you know you are yeah, able to check these things you're
1: I, able do. To check the history. I do i yeah. do okay <laughs> right i don't think it's you and i know you okay. and i have Well, accretion. listen
0: Ayub said something really funny because one of my friends one of my friends absolutely says he does not need to listen to the podcast because he was like why we speak every day i don't need to hear what you're telling the world i get to hear it first <laughs> his face was a picture when ayub said he said but guys honestly saraha like in arabic like if i'm being honest he said your podcast is the only thing that makes me get up for work and get into the car and, and, and look forward to the journey. <laughs> and where we're like, Ayub, that's so kind of you. My God, friend is looking nice. at me like, what <laughs>
1: the? You <know>? It was <laughs> so good. Oh my God. He was <laughs> so like, nice. you ass kisser. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but we, we love
0: that. I love it when people send. Someone had sent me, by the way, I didn't tell you this. Someone had sent me a picture In the Q Suite quad, so in the four seats, and he's with his family, and he's got an iPad on the open dining table that, you know, opens when you're in the quad uh, configuration. Yes, thank you. And the podcast is on playing on a night flight in the key oh, wow. listening to it. and he sent it to me and I said thank you so much that's that's so cool to see you know people listening when they're on the move and so on especially yeah
1: when it's so appropriate I feel to listen to our podcast when you are airborne it is when you're on air I mean so manifesting having the podcast on some IFE one day that would be insane yes, yes. yes. obviously yes. we're manifesting so we... being on Lufthansa IFE the airline we praise yeah. in every single episode Love you. That's team. our first choice. We <laughs> anyway, should also settle
0: yeah. for some kind of content. uh I don't know. do Frankfurt Airport have an app? Or, <laughs> or, or, or love you, Frankfurt Airport. Yeah.
1: We we have. So had you great come. Time. We we yeah. have
0: this. Yeah. We 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 have this really fun evening. Did we go anywhere else after that? Yes, we, we did. You we took walked, us to we
1: Godiva, and we saw the we very Godaiva. impressive Doha fountain show excuse me they are
0: not <laughs> the impressive Dara fountains they are these small fountains located outside godiva the real dubai more style fountains are in Place Vendôme. it you was hilarious a very small tiny thing outside of the godiva cafe and we sit there because not it's comfortable sofas yeah on the water you have the view of the skyline and the pearl it's nice and chill and then there are some small fountains that were located nearby and were placed on uh, they come on on the hour to like Michael Bublé or something and Dan <laughs> yeah. Rose Dan was in
1: hysterics <laughs> I this is their the idea thing, of w- the fountains the funny thing is it wasn't even me like we had just come from Dubai with obviously an incredible fountain show. Then that comes on and your mom and your sister are like, oh no, like not this. <laughs> but they were horrified we and they don't... were like, another song? Because it just keeps going for like 20 minutes. It
0: does keep going. You know what I used to say? Back in uh, in 20, excuse me, I've just taken a bite of a Kinder chocolate bar. Back okay. in 2016, I used to text my friends here saying, I've come to the conclusion that there is nothing Qatar enjoys more than shooting water up into the sky and watching it fall down again. Because (laughs) fountains are everywhere. Fountain shows, fountain displays. The whole gulf loves a good fountain.
1: Yeah, just because they don't naturally have water. So it's like, actually, there was a New York Times article about this yesterday, about Dubai and its relationship with water. It was just interesting because it's talking about, like, the irony of so many attractions being water-based and the fountains and everything. You'll have to send me that. Or had Dan had messaged the day before, which, of course, he couldn't because
0: BA cancelled his flight during the night, and that's what triggered the whole Doha trip, we would have recorded together... Most likely, in Vision in yes. the studio, and we will have had our first joint episode in Vision in a beautiful in vision. studio. What's the in Vision yeah. video? In vision is it... in vision. Yeah, but that's, that's that's the okay in TV. If we say someone's appearing in Vision, it means oh, in they're appearing. TV. Okay, <laughs> in it's YouTuber
1: not, think, lingo, it's uh, okay. video. Do they have full sentences in YouTuber? In no, them? they don't. Oh.
0: No. <laughs> So, yeah, we would have, but we, but it was all too, you know, he arrived, he ambushed me the same, same hour. And anyway, so, so we couldn't, anyway, please back to your, your departure from Qatar.
1: Yeah. So we flew out of Qatar, amazing, you know, check-in experience, all that. Flying the business suite. And I was amazed, you were amazed. Everyone was amazed that I managed to get two business saver seats like one day before on a completely Mm. sold out flight. In fact, the flight was overbooked. I asked to check in. They said, yeah. 10 seats overbooked in an economy and business was full. I was like, ooh, and we paid bottom level in points for these these two window seats we ended up getting. So yeah, it was great. Mm. It was just really interesting because, I mean, obviously you and I are big fans of Qatar Airways. I, I feel like my expectations are always so high. And then it's like when when something, I notice every little thing, And here Mm. there were like just some surprising things where I feel like I'm always spiraling thinking, Oh no, the aviation industry is like getting worse. Things are, you know, cost cutting here and there, but (laughs) you do do (laughs) that. I really do that. Cause I, I, I want things to stay good if I like them. And Mm. so here there was like, it's just these small things that no one cares about. Literally no one cares apart from me, I think, but there was not a single hot towel. After the meals, which I know they're supposed to give, they gave me like it on my Qatar flight a few weeks prior. They didn't offer Mm. it. There were no chocolates before landing. Just these little things that I, I had to think like, where are they? So I know it's probably they're supposed to be there, but there's something about the inconsistency that I'm like, no, you're supposed to be the most consistent airline. But as soon as I see any sign of inconsistency, I freak out
0: but your your a, your that. knowledge <laughs> y- yeah like your knowledge of the service on the airlines you fly the most like emirates like
1: qatar i guess even yeah, like lufthansa if they have a service. <laughs> yeah i'm like oh wow they said hi okay i'll note that down that was a different <laughs> yeah you
0: th- but that is you but that that is you you're you're absolutely right so so sometimes you do met, like you know Crew can get busy. Crew can, you know, there there, are different scenarios that can play out on and anything. As I mentioned, it was an, an it entirely sold-out flight. Yeah. So then something super tiny that nobody would notice except you, you do notice, and then freak it's out. True. Instead <laughs> of you saying, yeah, it, it is freak out, because instead of you being completely rational about it, like you were just now, said the flight was totally full, you know, and maybe recognizing when did you dine and how that may be impacted how close you are to top of descent and then or were you away from your seat when this you know something like that you go into full-blown oh my god alex the aviation sector is is in free <laughs> you say like yeah. the, the the global airline commitment to excellence is no more from <laughs> from all the big carriers that i've flown in the last week and here is my my thesis as to why and then yeah. you come to me with with experiences on emirates on ba on on qatar on delta on on everyone it, uh, it is very
1: interesting i talked to my brother who works in hospitality right now he just yeah. like he worked for one of the best hotels in the u.s he just moved to new york so he's working at a new hotel there and he's saying how like my brother didn't grow up around these luxurious things but because of the hotels and experiences that he's had with me for example he knows what incredible service can be which is what he is providing but he says that most of his colleagues are like so even taken aback by the extent to which he goes his managers are like oh my god you need to be training our staff because you're so good at this so my brother is saying like he doesn't From his perspective, obviously, he works extremely hard, but he's like, I don't understand if there is like supposed to be a procedure. I don't understand people who don't follow that procedure. Different people do different things. I get it. But it is just interesting to me, like if an airline sets a procedure, it should be followed. Otherwise, remove their procedure to remove the expectation of someone like me to have that thing every time because otherwise Mm -hmm. you end up feeling like something's missing rather than something special was added as a one-time thing give the chocolates on like a surprise and delight basis rather than it being consistent and then not delivering on it every time i think we both know
0: that if the chocolates were offered to you on a surprise and delight basis you would be you would be absolutely up in arms as to what on earth you did to not deserve chocolates <laughs> on one flight compared to the other you'd be like oh my god i didn't smile at her enough or, oh my yeah. god I, I didn't compliment the way in which he, he he served my my
1: appetizer yeah so i don't know it's... you have a I think that's what's good. To detail, which is a good. Yeah. Thing. That's what's good in my reviews. And that's why people like watching my videos because I have such an attention for every detail. And that's yeah. why I'm also very critical because when I see staff like on Lufthansa, for example, doing the least, the very least, not engaging at all, not bothering to follow through in premium cabins, if you ask them for water, them just not bringing it, things like that. I understand there's a lot to think about, but to me, those things, if I were in that job, I can say for a fact, I would always be trying my best, at least. It's funny, isn't it? Because
0: what happens at many airlines in terms of like the commitment to service excellence doesn't even cross the minds of others and where others can have great products. Like, for example, I know we've spoken about this before with, with Air Canada. So I have to fly Air Canada quite a bit to go back and forth to Montreal and Simple question. The ticket that I had was booked by the company that I was positioning to meet and I could see in the booking the ticket was 9,000 US dollars. Crazy high, right? Now, don't feel sorry for this company because they are <laughs> one of the largest companies in the world and this is completely ordinary for them. It was on a day's notice and I could see how much the ticket was worth because it was showing me in the booking. Usually that's hidden. So I just had in my head, you know, wow, supposedly and because it was the last seat. So it was a full fare J class ticket and that's why it was so high. And also it was one way. So, of course, it was yeah. extremely high. I was thinking for somebody to have spent nine thousand US dollars and and five hours into the flight even consider that it's been worth ten yeah. percent of what they've paid it, you it, even worth one percent you know to the point where i said to the crew um hi like I, I very 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 rarely press the call button because i just feel like it triggers an iro in the galley and but which should
1: like if you're paying nine thousand dollars and it doesn't
0: And some crew would would be in touch And say that, you know, it doesn't That's what it's there for But anyway, I'm just conscious of the bad experiences That some crew can have with other passengers Who don't stop pressing it So so I I tend to try to catch a crew In the aisle or, or something like that And anyway, there's no crew to be seen anywhere And so I press the after about 20 minutes of doing that very modest kind of, I guess the very British thing of, you know, do I need, maybe I don't need to, maybe I'll just be quiet. And then I'm like, no, but I, I'm hungry. And the service yeah. was hours ago. So I press the call button and he comes over and he, I say, hi, are there any snacks? For example, like crisps. I never know if I can say crisps or chips. <laughs> yeah. I alter it depending on what airline I'm on. Like crisps, potato chips, or I don't know, chocolate or anything like that. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. We we set up a basket just by the galley, and walked straight off. I was like, "Huh? I think he said they set up a basket by the galley." So then I had this moment where I'm watching him, thinking, "Is he going to get the basket, <laughs> yeah. or do I go? Do I go twelve rows forward?" Because I was, because again, I told you it was on a day's notice. I was yeah. the last seat of business to the galley. So after four minutes, I'm like. He's not coming back, is he? No. So I, I, I unbuckle and I, I get up and I go over to, and I'm looking and uh, I don't see anything. And then when I open the curtain, there's a, a crew cart and there's a basket on there with like four bags of crisps. And I'm thinking, is this, do I take this? And then I looked to my left and one of the crew sat on their phones and he was like, yeah, yeah, just in there. You, you can take that. I was like, uh-huh. So then I <laughs> took it and walked back to my seat and had these crisps now fine if the ticket was not worth 9000 yeah. dollars like <laughs> it's like
1: wait what you yeah. know that that it's just the thing is the crew are paid quite a lot in western countries but then it's like the crew obviously feels i'm not being paid enough to walk over over to that man with some potato chips but it's like mm. doesn't doesn't that bring you joy for me that would bring me joy to be like, yes, sir. These are the snacks we have. If there's anything else, I can check in economy that you'd like. Isn't that what the only fun of that job is while you're on the flight, mm-hmm. making people happy? Like to me, it would be, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, to you. But then it's like, uh, um, you say that, and I'm, I'm imagining a whole bunch of Iberia crew just laughing at you. Yeah,
1: literally. <laughs> so, their, their whole sorry, but
0: but the, but the attitude on mind. Iberia is. Yeah, I, I think there's, there's, Iberia this long is not haul. Controversial. We say, Iberia wide body. Oh, I mean, I think it goes all the <laughs> way down to Air Nostrum, but, but <laughs> okay. it's, uh, I don't think it's a controversial opinion to have. Like, I I never feel intimidated as a passenger unless I'm flying Iberia. That's because you, you never say, fly oh, no, U.S. carriers. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But but my God, the tension. Yeah, you know of like. There's you can just feel it's like, don't even think of asking me for something <laughs> Things yeah. like that. And it's funny because I used to think, I used to think, am I the only one that sees this? Is, is this in my head? Or whatever? Then I then I checked online. I mean, you only need to type in Iberia as a keyword on Twitter or check forums or check that. Check the real ratings that actual passengers um, use to provide real feedback rather than, you know, something else. I mean, I don't know how they haven't had this conversation across uh, yeah. across the company. I don't know if it's a Spain thing. I don't know if it's a fact an IAG thing. I'm not sure.
1: It is shocking. And that's what blows me away about Finnair. Like, I just have to praise them again because a Nordic airline that has good service, those two things don't naturally go together. But Finnair, right. I have never had service that wasn't good. Not only okay, but wasn't good on Finnair. Even, they have contract crew based in Stockholm and Copenhagen for their Doha flights. I flew from Doha to Stockholm. It was the best service I have ever received from a Swedish person in my entire life, in any context. This Finnair contract crew based in Stockholm. Like, she was... It was incredible. She was like, "Please, Mister Dan, please. Would you like any snacks? Would you like any drinks? Would you like another hot towel?" It was like a VIP. Obviously, Finnair isn't always that over the top, but I just have to say, like, I'm impressed in the grand scheme of things how yeah. generally good their service is compared to others. What, in the
0: what would you say? What would you say? Like looking at Scandinavia, looking at the Nordic region, looking at there, are there countries? I mean, you, you're a local. You are Swedish. Are there countries that are known as, oh, Finland, oh, well, you know, it has the better hospitality (laughs) a better service than, for example, Norway, or is it known among you guys
1: or not? Hospitality is not even a concept. It's not a thing that people think about or talk about. So for someone to be like, Finland has good hospitality, that doesn't even cross people's mind. Mm. It's not a thing. People come to work as themselves. They interact with their customers based on however they feel that day as themselves there's no entering a service role it's it's just not a thing which is why i'm amazed that Finnair, with actually very minimal training like just one or two days of crew training somehow still manages to have crew that really takes their job seriously and performs it generally with a smile and you know doing more than the minimum, which we tend to see definitely at SAS. Well, let's
0: stick with with this part of the world so far because something else uh, pretty cool happened this week while we were waiting to record this episode now, which is that Norse, so Norse is the Norse Atlantic Airways, uh, this new, fairly new, low-cost, long-haul operator. It's basically... Norwegian Air <laughs> version identity. two yeah so like Norwegian 2.0 kind of and it's they've taken a whole bunch of the former staff of the Norwegian Air long haul brand long haul branch and I mean they ha- they operate the same aircraft they operate virtually identical cabin a very similar business model but perhaps much cleaner and a bit more lean compared with the complexities of norwegian that at one time had norwegian air norwegian air shuttle norwegian air based out so of, many uh, airlines operated, you know it was just very very complicated so that that didn't that whole group and that whole kind of structure didn't survive the pandemic but norse atlantic airways they flew this special mission to antarctica from cape town where they had flown this week scientists from the norwegian polar institute along with crew, along with cargo equipment and so on, down to Antarctica for multiple research stations. So these scientists were going to the different research stations that are situated across the frozen continent. And it's significant because it's the first time ever that a Boeing 787 Dreamliner has landed on the ice in Antarctica. And the video footage is incredible you have this beautiful dreamliner i'm i'm assuming you've seen it yes
1: (laughs) no i didn't watch it i was so embarrassed to say no way i saw it i mean i saw it all over my feed but since i've been sick i was just like okay like like for some reason yeah for some reason i like just haven't had any interest and then when you said we were you're like, well, we'll talk about this today. I'm like, oh, God. So anyway, I'm going to watch it right <laughs> now. I'm going to watch it right it's now. It's on
0: my Twitter, it's on my Twitter. I tweeted it three days ago.
1: Putting me oh. on the spot. Yes, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I could
0: hear it. I could hear that you had <laughs> absolutely silence. no clue what I was going on about.
1: Yeah. I'm okay, i will watch
0: So you see this aircraft coming in beautifully sunny. It's a 787 landing on ice. It's smooth, it's elegant, it's gracious. And it just serves as another reminder of how, yes, we have airlines to get us from A to B on slim profit margins to get us there very cheaply, and we demand lower fares and blah, blah, blah. But I love seeing when aviation takes on the other side of why it's needed, why it's necessary, why you are able to facilitate further research of our planet by flying those from Norway, scientists who are focused on this, directly down there and it's like no no uh, you know tarmac runway no problem no landing lights no issue it's you know it's it's having us having our incredibly versatile incredibly capable modern commercial aircraft that we have flying today like a 787 performing yeah. in a way
1: in which it can so easily do it just doesn't do in regular operations okay so a few thoughts do you know what time that video was shot what time the plane landed this is pretty I, cool i think Go on. as a as a scandinavian this reminds me of our summers the video was shot at 2 a.m you say it's like a you know wow. like oh, it's a nice sunny morning it's 2 a.m yeah so cool it flew, for, flew in from cape town can you imagine Being able to add that route to your flight records, you know, insane. It looks. There was a video.
0: There was a video that appeared on Instagram. I'm sure it was originally a TikTok. You know how it ends up on Instagram about a week later. And because I don't have TikTok. And when I, when I saw it, it was of the crew having their passport stamped. He was like, we got our passport stamped and, you wow. know, Antarctica.
1: The, I have to say, like, the reason this looks extra sleek in the video is because the livery is literally the sky, uh, the color of the snow and the sky. So it, yes. it just matches perfectly. Wow. So yeah, satisfying. And right. to think that this is 2 a.m. makes it even cooler when you see it. You're like, 2 a.m. in Antarctica in the summer. Amazing. Yeah. You yeah, know which airline true. might start flying to Antarctica given how much they're expanding? how much they want to expand. Etihad (laughs) brings us to our next topic. Yeah, I don't see Etihad going to the frozen continent. No, (laughs) definitely not
0: from Abu Dhabi. But it's true that Etihad have made this announcement where basically Etihad obviously is a much, much, much smaller version of what the airline was just in 2017 and 2018 when it was actively trying to compete as an ME3 airline. So you had the three, Emirates, Qatar, and Etihad, uh, Etihad had the Nicole Kidman campaigns, had the residents, had the, all these uh, plush new cabins, big expansion, all while racking up billions of dollars of debt, and before the pandemic, Etihad was left with over seven billion US dollars of losses. Again, this is prior to the pandemic, back when there were no issues in aviation, 2019 for almost all airlines were was the best year in commercial aviation history until COVID hit. It's interesting now that you you came across this that Etihad have now decided, out of nowhere, oh wake up, it's expansion time again.
1: It's so random because we had Dubai Air Show last week. Then yep. out of nowhere, like a couple of days after, Etihad is like, oh, by the way, we're gonna grow and triple our passenger numbers in the next seven years tripling in seven years is that's riyadh air level if not more ambitious so the the reason i was very surprised to see this is because etihad
0: airways ceo Antonaldo neves he was at dubai air show and spoke to media and he doesn't do much media at all so he had a sit-down interview with cnbc it was quite a long one and he also spoke with some of my friends who were present at the air show, journalists. And when they're asking him, so, you know, what's the plan? What's the plan with your remaining A380s? What's the plan with your thing? Everything was super modest with the reply. No, we're not going to um, be bringing back the rest of the A380s. We haven't decided. No, we're not going to start launching up new routes with the aircraft that we've grounded. Kind of a standard. We're always assessing the viability of routes. Well, everyone says that in aviation because if yeah. you're not assessing the viability of routes then what are you doing so that that also is a redundant statement basically like nothing is happening yeah which is which is what has been the case now at Etihad for a while they 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 shrank and they are small and boutique and they're not trying to be this big loud Middle Eastern golf carrier focusing on transferring the world and shuttling the world via the Abu Dhabi hub so this is then and as you say a couple of days later, this big announcement in a keynote interview with Etihad CEO, uh, we outlined the airline's ambitious growth plans for the next seven years. And it's this huge growth strategy, as you mentioned, that's going to see them triple their passenger numbers. Again, I'm not sure how unless they start expanding the fleet. and and going to expand across all of the uh, different regions. It says that under Journey 2030, the network will extend to over 125 destinations, leveraging its strategic geographical advantage, connecting Asia with Europe. Well, that is the original business plan of every Gulf carrier.
1: And that's still what Etihad is doing. (laughs) It's no different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's funny that Journey 2030 means they're going to leverage the fact that they are Situated in the Middle East because the very origins of Etihad, Emirates, Qatar, Saudi and so on Is leveraging that position because something like 70% of the world's population live within six hours of this region And yeah. it's you know it's, the, it's where east meets west and you can shuttle everyone through and so on So it's funny that there, it's like it does remind me that someone has said wake up wake up Etihad uh, We need you to come back and, and, and be big again And it says our mandate is clear to deliver extraordinary customer service, sustainable profitability, and be the foundation for Etihad's contribution to Abu Dhabi's aspirations. And then, then it was clear for me, because I think this announcement comes off of the back of the opening of the new terminal, Terminal A, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So of course that's been a huge project for Abu Dhabi and the in the first paragraph of this announcement as we say we've heard that it's kind of business as usual and super calm things just ticking over at etihad in the first paragraph we see how this growth and um, this ambitious growth plan a strategy supported by the airline's shareholder the adq adq of course is the abu dhabi investment authority that is the sole owner of etihad I think basically this is the the state funds recognizing that this airport now has to serve a stronger national carrier of which mm. Etihad has moved away from being it was super happy to be back in the shadow and I think this is ADQ picking up the phone and saying to what is essentially the national carrier of the UAE by the way as you yeah. know okay you need to you need to go big Go strong again. You need to grow again. You need to do all of this because we funded you for an incredible, what they perceive to be incredible, new airport. And if you're not going to fill it, and you're not, and you're just going to continue to stay dormant as you are, what's the plan?
1: Yeah, I feel like this is actually like what you were saying in when we spoke about uh, Akbar Abakar resigning. How this also seems like, unfortunately, in this case, it's one of those very like instant decisions that just someone up top was like, okay, we're doing this now. (laughs) And the airline CEO didn't even get the memo until it was basically decided. So it's like, okay, now you're doing this. And the question is what spurred that because a lot has changed for Dubai since the pandemic. For example, their real estate market is doing very well. Emirates is doing very well. Tourism is booming in Dubai. Qatar Airways is now very profitable. Riyadh Air is, of course, coming up. So I think Etihad or the government of Abu Dhabi sees all this and maybe feels like they're going to slip behind if they don't have something. You know, they need an airline. They need something at least to stay as relevant as the neighboring cities, actually, that are booming. Uh, what do you think about yeah, that theory? Th- yeah,
0: no, I think that's a very fair assessment. I think it's it's funny that... And and they they are now... It's like they, they're trying to they're trying to suggest that this flatline period now is now about to come to an end, because even in the announcement, they say 20 years ago, the leaders of the UAE launched a remarkable airline, which has established a global reputation. OK, true. And then everything went south. Everything then went quiet. They lost a hell of a lot of money, as I said. And they retired from the front bench. And they said, we're now going to stay in the shadows. That happened about 2019 or so, just before the pandemic. And then now it's like okay someone put fuel in the tank again because the next announcement says our rich past is the perfect starting point for our next chapter journey 2030 which you know so it's like okay so stop flatlining now yalla give us a heartbeat (laughs) and let's go let's go for it and and that's what this announcement seems i think it's just funny that when he was interviewed on this when the ceo antonaldo was interviewed on this across the different media engagements he did throughout Dubai Air Show, and he he doesn't do very much media at all. He didn't there, mention, was no there was energy no energy with any...
1: Yeah, th- th- this wasn't mentioned. But that's I mean, what this, makes me think th- that, like, over the weekend, maybe also they saw... Maybe. maybe the government of Abu Dhabi saw all the big orders that Emirates was placing, Riyadh Air... Well, Riyadh Air didn't place any orders, but they saw all this, and maybe that literally over the weekend made them think, hmm, is this... Are we taking maybe. the right path? Who knows? Like, maybe, maybe not. Maybe yeah. Super. I mean, it says in the announcement, the,
0: the opening of our new airport terminal A is the perfect springboard for our growth. I mean, if you are the holding company, ADQ, that own Etihad and you're seeing now a a large airport with an airline that has given up with trying to be one of the larger big golf carriers and is actually just quite satisfied ticking over, being in the shadows, you know, having a, a decent service, a nice product, but nothing that they want to compete with aggressively with and then maybe they think as you said right time to pick up the phone and say you need to get going again
1: <laughs> when when this was announced i immediately went on uh, expert flyer to check the flight loads on etihad because i was like yes they're profitable but are they doing super well so i just checked every single flight departing from abu dhabi last night just out of curiosity mm. what are the loads mm. like you know as close to departure as i could checking the seat maps empty Fifty percent at most on most flights. So I was like, "Wow, what? How does this no, what a go together with, what with, a the with,
0: with the rest of the region where you struggle to find a seat now on on any routes on Emirates yeah. Qatar? Uh, it's
1: it's packed." But that that's what doesn't even make sense because why are Etihad's flights not full? They're flying small planes. I guess it's because they don't have the the scale to fill yeah. every flight with connecting passengers. Anyway, yeah, I'm really excited for some we 20s. Have a, I hear we have a lot. Yeah, yes, yes, we do.
0: We've got a lot of questions, so let's get to them. Okay, so the first question is from Akshay. He says, hey, Alex, really love the On Air podcast with you and Dan. Would love for you guys to discuss Rolls-Royce on one of your shows, especially following the Dubai Air Show with reports of tougher pricing and also durability of xwb engines he's put especially given that you first reported on it back in 2019 thanks and keep up the great show well thank you akshay for your kind message and for the question dan have you seen did you see these reports i did it was happening
1: and my first thought was of course what is Qatar airway saying about this because they grounded the well, a350 for all these years but this has yeah. never been a complaint of theirs
0: no, you're right, and I always check up on the dispatch reliability of the A three hundred and fifty, which is basically how what is the percentage rate of the aircraft being able to perform as planned without any technical hiccups. So the dispatch reliability is calculated, kind of with that method, and it's basically how often the aircraft is able to operate in line with the planned schedule, at you know, with a success rate of like maximum of fifteen minute delay and for the A350-1000, it's incredibly high, so this aircraft performs, it doesn't need much ground time at all, and you you can see this by choosing a global carrier who who use the aircraft on a very high cycle basis, like the a three fifties 1000s that are based in the Middle East, so who has them here? So obviously you have Qatar that have them, Etihad also now have the three fifty one thousand. Emirates do not, and if you look at the high cycles and the 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 little ground time you're able to quickly work out that okay these aircraft are are deemed as as reliable so then i reach out to the airline ceos directly and ask them specifically on dispatch reliability and they have told me i mean i've I've spoken over the last week since i saw this all come out that it's very very reliable the dispatch reliability is very high so rolls royce the story here have been slammed by two main airline customers. One, Thai Airways, Thai Airways International, of course the flag carrier of Thailand based in Bangkok. And two Emirates. With Thai, their issue have you seen what they what their CEO said to media? No, what's going on with Thai? I missed that. So Thai CEO was complaining that Rolls-Royce pricing for maintenance and for engines is just too high. And and actually, they were quite aggressive with the comments to media. We, we don't often hear from Ty. And yet, they they he spoke to Bloomberg, I believe, and he said, you would think that with a loyal customer like us, we would have a, a relationship where they wouldn't be trying to rip us off. Something along those lines. But basically, he accused Rolls-Royce of upping their prices so high that they can't afford them and that he thinks that they should... Significantly, you know, reevaluate their position on this and their pricing before they risk losing Thai Airways with complaints about how the maintenance costs are high, and so on and so on. And as I say, he, you know he didn't mince his words.
1: You know what's he was, funny about he was this? Angry. Do you remember the scandal where Rolls Royce had bribed the Thai government <laughs> into buying some
0: engines or something? I do remember the accusation of that, yes. And also, there were, it, it contributed to the wider corruption scandal that has engulfed flight like airways.
1: Apparently, Rolls-Royce admitted to the UK government that it did bribe. I'm reading a story here from 2022. So, okay. it, they're talking about uh, a bribery scandal involving Thailand's national airline and the British jet engine manufacturer Rolls-Royce. Is back in the media spotlight after the Thai anti-graft agency concluded that their engine pre- procurement deal three decades ago was unlawful. So this is way, way back. Yes. <laughs> but it's yes. funny how it's You're coming right. full so this circle is, somehow.
0: It's coming full circle because... You're right. Okay, this is why This is why. I remember, like I said, I remember the accusation, but I couldn't remember what the outcome was. In 2017, Rolls-Royce agreed to pay £671 million to settle a, the bribery and corruption charges brought to authorities um, in the UK, but also in the US and Brazil. And in that case, they admitted bribery in Thailand, but the authorities said that no Thai complaint was ever filed and no details were forthcoming. So... As you say, there is a history here, right? And then now you have them slamming Rolls Royce because of the uh, what they are calling higher pricing. Is that because Rolls Royce are now offering them the prices that they were offering other customers without the <laughs> without the discount? Is it that? Is it is it the fact that the airline Thai Airways is completely and sadly broke financially, and so of course they're just saddled with such debt that they are now. In a place in which they can't afford the deal with, with Rolls, who who are, of course, Rolls-Royce is the exclusive engine provider for A350s, of which Thai Airways operate several A350s. I actually did their A350 delivery, the first one, mm. which was one of the best deliveries. One of the best deliveries I did. It was amazing. Really, really good. Yeah, I'm just reading that this this uh, this investigation that happened a few years ago was one of the largest largest investigations into corruption ever. Britain's serious fraud office found Rolls-Royce paid massive bribes over three decades to win those contracts in Thailand, Indonesia, India, Russia, Nigeria, China, and Malaysia. And so fast forward to today, they're complaining that they can't afford to pay it. They're slamming Rolls-Royce very publicly. I mean, there's a history there. It's always always worth looking into. But so that's one side. The other side to answer this question is something that I know you were across, you were across, which is the whole Emirates deal and their issue with the A three fifty one thousand, the engine on that aircraft.
1: So basically, they are saying that it performs extremely badly, or it needs it it can go much shorter between maintenance cycles. In
0: yeah, all they're the islands, not saying anything about like the goal. performance. Yeah, it, not, it's nothing related to performance. It's related to the frequency of maintenance.
1: Yes. So then my question is, where do they get that info if Qatar Airways and Etihad are not having issues?
0: Which is a very valid point thats that hasn't been asked enough that is worth looking into, because you ask here, and the dispatch reliability is high. I spoke with Etihad as well. They said they have no issues. I saw some rhetoric that suggested, is this Tim Clark's way into pushing Airbus to re-engine the A350-1000? some kind of Neo option, maybe a bit of a stretch, but there's, there's something there because as mm. you say, the data doesn't show any significant dispatch reliability concerns for that engine. And in this region, you'd be the first to hear about it. Yeah. So interesting. We shall keep across it. Yes. Let's go to the the, the next question. This question is from David coming via Instagram. He says, hey, Alex, following up on the conversation about airline uniforms, what is your and Dan's take on the trend of airline cabin crew wearing sneakers slash sports shoes as part of their uniform?
1: Next question.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I don't think it should be a thing. Do no. you, do you know what comes into my head when I think of that? Do you remember the French five minute airline, Air France's five minute airline that was oh, was here oh, for about?
1: Wait, wait. What was? What June. was it called? June. June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, they shouldn't wear sneakers.
0: <laughs> no, I agree. Next question slash comment is from Lucas. He says, you mentioned the case of airlines giving vouchers out during COVID uh, instead of refunds. He said, I had a terrible case with Norwegian. Uh, You remember we mentioned this, didn't we, with BA about the the young woman who successfully sued me. She didn't want to accept vouchers. He says, I had a terrible case with Norwegian. I booked on their London to Buenos Aires route. That was, of course, the low-cost long-haul route that they flew, which was cancelled during the pandemic, then subsequently cancelled for good, of course, because the kind of Norwegian group fell apart during the mm-hmm. pandemic and was reborn into something much smaller, leaving me with over £1,000 worth of vouchers to use on their drastically reduced <laughs> Gatwick <laughs> routes, which Gatwick now only serve a, a few Scandinavian hubs. <laughs> Trying to contact the airline was next to impossible, facing online bots until eventually we got through, only to be told, sorry, c'est la vie. I've used the voucher only once to fly from alicante to london via copenhagen he puts, with a with a laughter emoji he puts just to make the most of my 1000 pound credit which will <laughs> never get me to argentina he oh. puts, really sad to see what airlines are getting away with love your work guys lucas that's Horrible. I mean, is i I understand fully how that has happened. It's as clear as day to us as to how that, that is the case. Yeah. I mean, I guess there may have been a way in which if you took them to some kind of small claims court or some kind of legal action, you may have been able to get a refund instead as per you know, following at least the case study we spoke about with, with BA, but that's that's horrible. I mean, I admire your your adventurous routing back from Alicante to London via Copenhagen, at least to feel like you you use the money somewhere. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Maybe maybe visit Scandinavia next summer. We'll do an episode with Scandinavia tips and I'll show, you know, the five sites you can see in Gothenburg that take twenty minutes to see. Sounds thrilling. Let's
0: go to Chris's question on Instagram. He says, Hey Alex, a question for you and Dan on air. He says, I recently flew from Copenhagen to Doha to Dubai. He says, Connecting at Hamad en route to Dubai on the way out, there was no security control at Hamad Airport during transit. However, flying back home to Copenhagen, we had to clear security in Hamad Airport. What regulates the need for security screenings at transfer airports would be good to know to better plan and be able to reduce connecting times where possible. Thanks for a great show, Chris.
1: Well... We actually discussed this together in Doha, just casually. We did. And our conclusion was, we have no idea. We have no idea how it works in Doha. Well, we do have
0: some idea. Yeah, yeah. We we have some idea. So basically, it's based on where you have flown from, right? So their own assessment here is that coming from Denmark, if you are transiting, you do not need to clear security again during your transit at Hamad Airport coming from the uae it is a requirement and that is the consensus as far as we know and can tell and as far as i have been told i also have heard though dan that apparently this changes very often as risks do
1: but it also it depends on which gate you arrive at so i think if you get a bus gate you might always have transit security because I was reading about people flying from the us mostly they don't get transit security but if they get a bus gate they say they do so i think it's Mm. you can like generally say your odds are lower if you're flying from a quote-unquote western country but Mm. it's not a guarantee it's never a guarantee maybe besides like if you're on an a380 from London? Well, you you don't really transit in Doha, so you wouldn't know, but I would say like an a 380 well, from done, London
0: Well, I have done it. Be... I have done it. When I was going to, when I was flying to China, and it was double A380, right? So it was A380 London, Doha, and then A380 Doha to Guangzhou. <laughs> in those days, yeah. Wow. Back in those days. That was 2018. I didn't clear security during transit.
1: Okay, yeah. So yeah. the answer is no one knows, and there's no complete consistency. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. we, we will We. I know that it's based on where you depart from but I don't know how that changes depending on as you say the gate slash stand yeah. slash what day of the week it is and so on let me let me get a decent answer for you and I'll update you so and I'll, uh, maybe I'll update on the podcast so that it's yeah that would be nice would be
1: <laughs> let everyone yeah. else know yeah. too. <laughs>
0: I was, I was just going to DM know. Me. Okay. I, I was the one who asked you in person. <laughs> so the next question is from Marcelo. He says, Alex, this is a comment on the airline safety video you guys were talking about at the end of the last EP. Have you no, seen the Latam American one? It's knows. quite
1: cool, showing off all the iconic places of Latin America. So have you seen the Latam one, Dan? I guess I have, because I have flown Latam in the past couple of years, but I don't remember it. So I don't mean to sound shady. It's really I just nice. I don't remember it's, it. It's,
0: <laughs> Okay, so it's destination-based, as many airline videos are. And the nice part about the the LATAM video is it is literally experience South America while having this, you know, this safety video with a with key safety messaging. Now, to, to have an airline offer you to experience an entire continent in a safety video is quite cool because quite they're not just showing off. That Yeah, it's not they're not showing off a destination. They are literally showing off as much of a continent as, as they can, which is nice. I'm a fan of the destination based safety videos. I think they're yeah, a great like marketing them. strategy to to be able to trigger curiosity to the fair paying passenger.
1: You know, last week when we were talking about do these safety videos actually do you pay more attention Distract. or less attention? I realized yeah. that at least for Virgin America, that's the only one I I can comment on. Mm. For me, it's like super helpful once you've seen it enough time to know the lyrics, because then in my head I'm like, "Under your seat, there's a life vest. First class, it's below your center arm. Oh, God. You know, you're you're good, you just good, sing good. the song in your head good, good. to remember what to do in each step, and then yes, you have the you answer do. So you because that yes, that's.
0: That's you. The fact that you think that other passengers are walking off saying first class," it's like that. <laughs> I mean, unless they're frequent flyers, they're not doing it. But it is funny because I can also hear that every lyric of that safety video, and yet I never flew at Virgin America in my life.
1: Yeah, there you um, go. And so it's for so. some people, it could help yeah. in an emergency. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you're right. You're right. James has got in touch with a follow up question. If you remember, he asked a question about how United are now boarding a new boarding process from window first, then middle, then aisle. And you remember that we kind of roasted it a little bit because we realized that it's only applicable to the last like 50 percent of passengers <laughs> because they're still boarding first class. They're still boarding veterans. They're still boarding business. They're still boarding with children under 12 then under two. And, and, and it never <laughs> ends, never ends. But he says, do you think that other airlines are going to follow with this kind of m- model? My, my gut instinct replies, no.
1: I, I saw there was some you? interview with Ed Bastian where he was talking about this. But I was like, hmm, Wilma. It's the same with the, the, the landing in, the, in Antarctica video. I was just like, I'm sick. I'm not going to deal with this now. But if you are curious, um, Ed Bastian did respond to this question himself. In an interview mm. the ceo of delta mm. i just think it doesn't
0: what oh oh if they're sorry, sorry 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 yes 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 if the question was if they're going to follow united Yes. right yeah Yeah. okay okay sorry for my brief outburst of shock <laughs> what okay <laughs> yeah i think we have to round up it's been a bumper episode again it was great dan to have you and oscar here in Qatar. It genuinely was a blast to see you guys, even though it was, you know, a last minute ambush of you arriving by three fifty. Expecting me to be <laughs> completely available. But of course, I cleared the schedule. Lay on the best of the best for you. Bring in and flying guests from Kuwait and from the region. <laughs> Have my <laughs> friends cancel their plans and join us. And we had a big great Long gathering. So it was really cool to see you. Thank you for stopping by. And thank you kindly to British Airways for facilitating his visit with the cancellation. That was
1: most appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I was super bummed to be like, oh no, I have to go from flying BA to flying Qatar Airways. But I was going to make a video on (laughs) BA, so it, it was a bit of a bummer in that sense. I will have the chance to fly BA again soon, I'm sure. I will be looking forward to it.
0: Lovely. Well, we... We'll have our catch up next week where there'll be plenty more to say and we will be hearing about what you got (laughs) up to. Me getting held at gunpoint,
1: yeah.
0: It involves gunpoint, an arrest, (laughs) jail. I mean, the truth is I know nothing
1: because you haven't told me anything. I
0: I genuinely had to like become serious and message you like, are you okay? Do you need consular assistance? Do do, I need to call anyone?
1: I was like, I'm in custody. Like... I don't I think it was afterwards I was like I was just held a custody at gunpoint and you were like ha ah, like caps and they were like oh wait Oh my God, I'm sorry, are you okay? Yeah, because I still, imagine imagine that they, they said to him,
0: you have, you know, you've got one call. You know that one call from chat <laughs> and, and you're messaging you. me and I'm just like in, in hysterics and then I go offline for about three hours. Yeah. Um, you know. Anyway, we are going to hear all about that. I'm going to hear all about that along with the, the listeners next week because that's uh, that's that sounds wild. And I do hope you are okay.
1: Yes physically yes mentally i don't know that's for my podcast
0: and and the therapist (laughs) is there for so with that we'll wrap up today's episode thank you guys as as usual and as always for joining us for tuning in for the feedback you can send plenty of your questions your talking points to our instagrams you know what to do and you know where to find us
1: all right and we will see you next week on air
0: see you later bye bye